Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What could be Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome back, yes, back, to Cage Rage, the Nicholas Cage podcast, for episode 104, the Renfield episode, the long-awaited Renfield episode. And here on Cage Rage, what is it we do? Well, we're on the journey to true Cage Nirvana. What is that, you may ask? What's the highest, most purest, most ethereal, most sensual, most sexual, most autobiographical? I don't even know what that means. Most mathematical, geographical, historical, scientific, pure form of being a human being can achieve. And how do we do that, I hear you ask? Well, it's very simple. We have to watch every movie the man I call the golden hog of Hollywood, Nick of this Cage has ever made. How have you been? Hope you've been well. Like I said, this has uh, been a little uh, a little while coming. So my apologies for the delays on this one. Uh, real life, and also turns out Baldur's Gate 3 is very, very addicting. Um, sorry, not sorry. But we're here. We're finally here. Uh, we're joined by the uh, returning guest, Laura Melisi. The delightful Laura Melisi has returned to the podcast to help me discuss Renfield, where we'll be getting into a number of topics on this one. We're talking about uh, the, the, my ideal profession as a one-star magician, uh, the drip in this movie, what music we'd have at our funeral, witches, and also how affecting this movie actually really is. It's a, a delightful episode, well worth the wait. So looking forward to you getting in on this one. And if you enjoyed the episode, you can find me on all the usual social medias. I'm on Twitter, or X, whatever it's called by the time you're listening to this, at cage underscore podcast, Instagram, at cage rage pod, TikTok, cage rage podcast, so you can follow me all on there. And if you're enjoying the podcast as well, uh, give it a like, give it a share, give it a retweet, repost, and give it a five-star rating on your listening platform of choice. Helps me, helps you boy, helps the podcast grow, and it's very, very much appreciated. With all that said and done, I think it's about time that we get into this one, so let's get into it. It's episode 104, it's Renfield, Daryl Lynch joined by Lauren Lacey. Enjoy. Duh. It is time to put our fangs in for the 2023 comedy action horror Renfield. This week, Cage plays Count Dracula a narcissistic boss whose only employee is trying desperately to leave him behind. Returning on the journey to True Cage Nirvana this week to see if this movie is a bloody good time or just sucks in all the wrong ways is writer, poet and podcaster Lauren Malisi. Lauren, welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm well. Well, thank you very much for coming back. I think it's almost been about nearly a year almost exactly since the last time we recorded so this is becoming a, Ju- a july thing <laughs> a new cage movie the door is always open and you're always welcome back into these humble little halls that i call the podcast so welcome on back um 
But how, how have you been since the last time we spoke? Have you been keeping up with Cage uh, in the interim as well? I have. Um, I just wrote up the trailer for uh, the movie where he's, uh, I guess, like a retired dad in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> beats a lot of people up. and I'm very excited for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's the retirement plan. Yes. Um, so it's just another film in the last few years in which he's just got a long gray wig and a beard. Um, I'm starting to think that Cage is trying to tell us something that he just loves playing demented old men. <laughs> He's good at it. I was really excited to see the trailer. I was like, oh my God, returning to our roots here. Okay. We are back to our roots. The, the retirement plan looks interesting because it's one like a poster came out for it about 15 years ago and then nothing ever happened with it. And then we just got a trailer of Cage beating up people in a hospital. Like, this man never disappoints. <laughs> He's always true to his word. Um, but then we've had some interesting films in the last um, year, the 2023, 2022. Mm -hmm. um, Renfield, one of them as well. Very exciting. Cage's Dracula. What a it, time. It's, I think it's, if I had to rank, or actually I did do a ranking of all of his movies. And if I had to like reorder the list, I'd probably put Renfield near the very top. Um, I just Ooh. loved how much like you could clearly tell like he loved the role and and there are Nicolas Cage movies where you could tell he's like I agreed to do this so I guess I have to do this <laughs> um, <laughs> like they're paying me to do this so I guess I have to whereas like you could tell with this one like he really he really leaned it all in and like was having like a blast, like on top of like how great the writing and the overall like, message of the film is. Yeah, this is, I had a lot of fun with Renfield. Obviously we'll get, we'll get more into it. I sort of, I think we have to cast our minds back to when would it would have been probably like maybe around a year ago or just a bit shorter than that. When the first like image of cage in that red suit came out, Mm -hmm. The hair slicked back and his hands were all white and all the jewellery on his fingers. And uh, everyone lost their minds, this guy included. Um, do you sort of remember seeing that first pivotal image of Cage's oh. Dracula? Oh, yes. I was, my Twitter is currently the activator. I, was, I would pull up my <laughs> tweet where I was like, I was like, Nicolas Cage dressed as an homage to Christopher Lee slash Bela Lugosi's Dracula while... Um, like he had said, he had said that he was gonna like do like David Bowie vibes. So I'm yeah. like so looking at a picture of uh, Christopher Lee slash Bella Gosey slash like David Bowie vibes, but Nicolas Cage. Like this is the greatest day of my life. Um, <laughs> so Caged Bowie, Davilus Bow Cage. <laughs> you know, puns. That's what I do here. That's what we do really, yeah. really well. I remember just seeing it and just thinking like I knew it before but I knew it again now this guy fucks and it was very excited I think the horror community was very excited for it and when you get the horror community excited you know you've got something on your hands here mm -hmm. so just eagerly waiting for tidbits because this seemed to be when Cage was sort of um, I guess coming back into the mainstream a bit more as well Cage is getting a lot of um, cinema releases back for sort of want of a better word, unbearable weight last year, um, and Renfield this year. 
And then the message of unbearable weight was that Cage is back, not that he ever left. And I think this marked his, I think, first like major movie release in quite some time. I think someone said since Ghost Rider as well. Because he he loves his indies. Yeah. And he had he had said I think in an interview that like he he he'll he'll do it for the director if he believes in what the director is trying to do. And I'm like, baby, you believe in a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> What you can't see now, listener, is that there is a single tear rolling down my cheek because sometimes <laughs> the truth hurts a lot. Yeah, I think he's he's always been an indie guy at heart. He's he's mm-hmm. he's an actor who loves his stuff at heart. Um, and I think I think he's been on that thing for quite a while of trying to find a new newer voice, a new younger director to sort of uh, really bring a vision to light. And he's had that with Mandy, and he's had it with Pig, and. I think, if anything, does Cage have... Is his heart too big? That's my question. Well, he he somehow said, sure, Muschetti's, you can CGI the absolute fuck out of me for 4.5 seconds in The Flash. That's a great <laughs> idea. I love that idea. It It looks absolutely nothing like me, even though I spent time on set filming this. <laughs> So uh, I'm not really sure where he is right now. <laughs> a different plane of existence. He always I has been. That, I watched that movie just for that 4.5 seconds. Okay. Oh, bless you. Was it I, worth it? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was happy to see that part. Um, I was happy that they included the giant spider and that they had the original hair and the original suit. Mm-hmm. I was very happy for the attention to detail. Um, but then it was like over in, in about four seconds and I just sat there like, oh, baby in a microwave and then that. And um, now I have to go home. Guess I should start looking at Ubers. I guess <laughs> and go home real soon. Yeah, I, I, when all the rumors started coming out that he was going to be in the Flash, I was like, "Well, I guess this means I've got to cover Flash on the podcast." And then um, I saw the clip of it, and I was like, "Yep, I'm not covering the Flash on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not." I saw. I think they said like the CG thing was kind of how Flash was seeing the world, um, but what I saw was like it, that that scene in like The Godfather was like, "Okay, you mouth a good my boy." Like that was me, yeah, just watching that that clip that someone had recorded on their phone on a TikTok, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the way I just de- I deserve to learn about this." The good news is because of this, now there I don't think it I don't think it's happened yet, but Kevin Smith is doing a live reading of the entire script of Superman Lives. So yes. at least we I don't know who's gonna be in attendance, but at least we have that. And I will I'll be grateful for that because I I have been wondering what is in those pages for God knows <laughs> how long. I need I need to know what does the dialogue sound like since he's supposed to be sad emo Superman. <laughs> I think I don't know if it still is, but I remember a few years ago, like someone had uploaded 
I think what 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 claimed to be a full script of the Superman movie. Um, so you could read it. I think I read a few pages and like, I don't know. I just I think I just couldn't do it on that day. <laughs> there was a scene where he was he was speaking to a kid about spaghetti. I was like, I don't think I want to read any more of this just yet. That could then, be any Nick Cage movie. <laughs> but but Nicholas Cage was the Superman hair like, yeah, spaghetti, and then he just reheats it with his laser eyes or something. That was that was that was beautiful. You could rival Andy Samberg with that. You hear that, Samberg? I'm coming for your crown. <laughs> The way you mocked him on SNL was a disgrace. I'll let you go because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is quite good. But other than that, I'll fight you in any car park, any country. I'll max out my credit card to fly to that fight. Um, I say that knowing that Andy Samberg would pound me into dust. Yeah. And I would gladly let that happen. Um, So Nicolas Cage's Superman aside, um, we are here to talk about Renfield, directed by... Chris McKay, um, who I didn't realise worked on Robot Chicken as well, which has made me admire the man even more, um, along with the Lego Batman movie and the Tomorrow War screenplay by Ryan Ridley from uh, Community and Rick and Morty fame, story by Robert Kirkman. Um, And this is uh, said to be basically a sort of quasi sort of sequel to the 1931 Dracula Mm -hmm. in modern day, but with a focus on... um, toxic relationships and codependency obviously we'll sort of get more into the scenes as we go along same deal as before but you sort of recall the first time you sort of i guess saw this in its entirety and um what your feelings were when the credits were rolling for the first time i cried oh. um, it was it's one of those movies was like written created like through, like for me specifically so we've, we've got, because nice. I love, I love Universal Monsters. I lo- I mean, like, I'm glad that they didn't decide to go through with the whole Dark Universe reboot thing because um, the mummy was, um, was a choice. Um, and, <laughs> um, so to, to paraphrase what Brendan Fraser said, it, it's supposed to kind of be a goofy comedy. We didn't have to, we didn't have to make Tom Cruise sad the whole time. Um but so, <laughs> so someone who loves like classic Universal monsters, uh, comma Nicolas Cage, uh, comma like just like someone who has like written about who has poetry about surviving narcissistic abuse. Um, mm-hmm. It was just and has been in those group therapy settings talking about yeah. said narcissistic abuser. It it really just felt like. Like, there's that meme from Euphoria where Maddie's like, is this fucking play about us? And that was me in the audience. Like, I'm sorry, are they in group? Is there a girl with a pixie cut in group therapy right now? Like, talk, And that's the girl from Terrifier, actually, which I didn't even realize. Um, oh. Uh, but uh, it felt like it was made for me. And I, so I realized not everyone took away, like, such an emotional, like, oh, my goodness from it. A lot of people just thought it was, like, fun mm-hmm. and silly. And I was just, like, left the theater, like, sobbing in my car because, like, I was, like, so many people who have been through this are going to look at this and, like, hopefully come away feeling, like, empowered. Like, I felt empowered. Um, just, the, the fact that he was throwing affirmations 
at him at like Nicolas Cage, like Nicolas Paul's character. I was it was so specifically weirdly like for me. So I thought it was one of the best <laughs> movies I've seen all year. So Oh, that's great to hear that it um so it touched on such a, a personal emotional level in, in a good way as well. I honestly I didn't have, you know, the quite the personal connection with it because there's me just with my popcorn stuffed in my face and I'm like Nicholas Cage said the word in a funny way. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I really enjoyed this movie. I'll say like overall as like a broad encompassing sort of uh, my sort of takeaway. I really enjoyed it. Um, I always enjoy Nicholas Holt because he's, uh, for millennials such as myself who grew up in a certain time, there was a show called Skins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Need the, I think there was an American version. I don't know if you had the Brit, the British version we, over we there. Pretend that the, we pretend that the American version never happened. We were all on Tumblr. <laughs> all watching like <laughs> the uk skins like 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 in some weird ripped torrent on on tumblr.com so that was the the only true way to watch it yes grainy awful quality but you know for those who know that know uh nicholas holt will always be tony mm-hmm. he will always be our tony and now anytime he he's doing well and successful there's there's a part of millennial pride that's like that's our boy. That's our boy right there. Um, and reuniting the two since um, 2005 is The Weatherman as well, which is... Um, oh, wow. What a throwback. I know. Uh, quite a throwback. One of my personal favourite Cage film, films as well. Was that was that on your, your top Cage list that you if made? They didn't, I don't think that the work let me put it towards the top. Um, I, I had to take a group inventory of like to make it fair or whatever because if it was oh, like it was yeah. to me like fucking like face off would be like number one and then it would go like but I'm like you guys like it being a serious like studio produced blockbuster does not equal like good cage like it goes by the performance like like hello like Mandy was an indie that's probably one of his best performances like ever period ever like like you guys gotta let go of moonstruck a little bit like <laughs> made, like 85 more movies since moonstruck like we need to <laughs> need to understand like just because someone threw an oscar nom at it doesn't doesn't mean that like it, it's pk like it, that was a lot those, the 80s were a long time ago guys <laughs> It's like you know, it's been it's been over thirty years since Moonstruck, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my mom is still like, "Oh my god, like like leaving Las Vegas and Moonstruck, wow!" And I'm like, "Mom, like mom, he makes he makes what is it like two point five movies a year or something like like yeah, average something like that." It's like, mom, we you and I have watched so many other movies. I force I forced you like Clockwork Orange style to watch so many others. Like what? Like where? Okay. <laughs> but, but your mother the sat Weather there Man with her eyes pinned open TLDR the weatherman is good yes the, the point being <laughs> that the weatherman is good um, so it's very exciting to see them sort of team together again for this because um, I love the weatherman um, I think it's a very underrated Cage film and it's one of those movies that reminds you that um, Cage does comedy quite well yeah. um, I find I think he's he's very good at comedy acting when he's given sort of the reins to do so. And um, although I know this wasn't, it's partially a comedy, not primarily, but a lot of the takeaway I got from Cage in this is like, 
I love it when he makes noises. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... <laughs> I, I, I just... I love it when he... Again, I, I think with his, his voice in this as well, because I know he based it on his, uh, his father, mm-hmm. who he said was always the smartest man in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of this kind of like nasally voice with like other things sort of tinged in there. Um, it's like, Redfield, just a few innocent victims. Is there too much to ask? Um, and there's hints of like Peter Lowe and his mm-hmm. physical mannerisms as well. There's like one shot where he's sort of hunched over, like like a little teapot, short and stout. There's his cage handle, there's his spout. And he's got his uh, hand on his hip and he's sort of hunched over and pointed forward. And then in the next shot, it's not, not there. But I'm like, did you think that I would miss a Peter Lowe reference in a film like this? Absolutely not. But this this is a great performance where he goes from sort of powerful and then he's all misshapen and disfigured and crumbling. And what I found, and I I think I put this as my letterbox review at the time as well, is the more powerful Cage becomes, the more powerful his drip gets as well. Yes. Oh my god. Um, yes. It's great. The costumes are great. I was like, great. I feel I've got to ask is like. Is Cage one of the most stylish men in, in Hollywood? I feel he might be. I, I want to say yes. Like, also, yeah, the, the, the velvet, the everything. I mean, it was it was such a beautiful, like, like, I knew from the second I saw them, like, recreate the scene from, like, the 1931 movie, I was like, oh, we're not fucking around here. Like, we are, <laughs> we, we know our roots and we're going to go for it. So... When I saw that, like, the drip was, like, this, like, just gorgeous, like, take on, like, pretty much, it felt like they were pulling from every Dracula. Um, and, um, which, like, thank you. I need, like, yes. Um, we've had some stylish Draculas that have given, like, terrible performances. I'm not going to name names because every single time you shit on a Dracula movie in public, people get really mad at you. And, like, it's really, people People are scary on, on Twitter.com. Um, mm-hmm. But he, the ring, the, the attendant to the, oh, and we had the medallion, the medallion was just like, so like, it was just, he was just perfect. And like, it, like, and then when we had like, t- like Teddy Lobo come into his little like Draculification, like, and then his drip improved all of a sudden. And like, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So you get the powers and you become... Okay, so then why does Renfield look like shit the entire movie then? <laughs> because British people stay in their lanes, Lauren. Oh, okay, cool. That's what we... <laughs> <laughs> Outside, none of us are stylish. Not really. It's like Teddy Lobo gets the Renfield powers and suddenly he's, like, sexy. And I'm just like, not that Renfield isn't sexy, but, like, homie looks disheveled the whole movie until he starts going to Target <laughs> and buying some modern clothes. But I'm just like, why does Teddy Lobo get to look cool? Like, or even cooler? Like, I don't... Okay. And then I'm like, oh, I guess we're just, like, doing a stark contrast of, like, their characters, I guess, because, like, Renfield is not... So, so okay, so I'm like, the takeaway is... Being evil gives you more drip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the more it's one of the morals of Renfield. <laughs> the, the more bankrupt you are as a person, mm-hmm. the more stylish you yes. are. And now, as you know, as someone in their thirties, I'm like, yeah, maybe, 
Maybe I need to try out evil. Yeah, maybe. How do I get a velvet like like coat type deal? Like, how do I get my finger? How do I get my <laughs> nails to be that long? I wear a whole bunch of rings. Like, what else do I have to do? You've got like you know, I think twenty percent of the drip sorted out already. <laughs> You've got the ring, the ring drip sorted. So I think it would have to be, and obviously take anything I say and discard it immediately because. I'm someone who's frequently told he looks like Stephen Merchant and every Weasley combined. Um, and also, the Milky Bar Kid, if that's a reference, do you get Milky Bars in America? No. Then that reference means nothing to you. I work with British people, so I know I know most things. She said, pulling a face, like, like with a question mark? I had, to, I had to pull up, like, some, like, some of the drip, like, I the 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 amazing like vel- red velvet smoking jacket is like like I mean it's like incredible but and it's like probably the standout like I mean that was what that was like the image that like leaked all over the internet first but like when yeah. he's in that like when he's hovering over the um the group therapy like in like in the room and he's wearing that all black like jacket that has like the fur trim on it like. I know exactly the one. He's like peak powerful, and now, and now he has a pimp cane and fur trim. Like <laughs> yeah, way to elevate. Top hat as well. I was just looking online, and like I just put in Renfield movie uh, Dracula costumes, and that exact coat you're talking about. Uh, some website is already selling it as a cosplay. Uh, just called Renfield Vampire Dracula Cosplay Costume Coat Outfits Halloween Carnival Party Disguise Suit. Um, R-V-D-C-C-C-O-H-C-P-D-S for short. Um, for the low, low price of £55. Um, so I'm just going to pause the podcast whilst I put this in my basket. Um, so so that, that is this year's Halloween sorted out. Um I yeah, I loved I I love just the, the costumes. It's like how glamorous he is. Mm-hmm. Um the top hat. The top hat. Like I don't know. I don't think in my lifetime there'll be an excuse for me to wear a top hat unless I invest in, I don't know, horses. Um <laughs> you become I imagine I might become I could become a magician. yeah, a magician. I don't know what my trick would be. I think you know that trick where like you sort of put your thing, finger over your thumb and just do that. I think that would be <laughs> that would be the trick. Um and then asking a disappointed parent for a payment. <laughs> the real trick is continuing to get employed despite <laughs> innumerable one-star reviews yeah. on magic review websites. The real trick is my persistence and commitment to the bit. And I would applaud you. I would be there. Like I, I would be giving you fake like five star reviews just to support you. Yes. You know when you go on like Google reviews and it's just got five, four, three, two, one. Or, like there's a few fives. No one ever rates four, three, or two these days, but just a lot of ones. I don't want any middle ground. I don't want any threes. I want purely ones and fives. Scales purely tipped one way or the other. I think I want to take the top hat off and say, now we're going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. And then I just look at the hat and go like, oh God, no. Then just put the hat back on. That would be upset. 
And that's why we play for one stars. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Nicholas Cage wear, wearing a top hat somehow like derailed like an anecdote about a, a, an implied rabbit's death. Um, very British of you. Very watership down of you. I know we don't talk about watership. Oh, uh, really? Because all y'all, all y'all do is talk about threads and watership down. Like, I there's got to be other movies going on <laughs> for you guys. Paddington. I think it's Paddington. Yeah, we like Paddington, but he needs to stay in his lane. I, I, I can't. I got like, like ripped to shreds for tweeting that I don't trust Paddington. Someone called me racist. <laughs> Well, that is very racist of you, Lauren, but also you were very brave to do so. Why don't you trust Paddington? I, that, I that's interesting. I just don't think he's cute. I don't like how the CGI makes him look. Like, why is this naked bear chilling in a subway, like, at, like hoping people will come up to him and, like, what, like, take him into their home? Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck that the lady from The Shape of Water is the mom in this fucking movie. <laughs> like, that woman fucked a fish man. I don't give a shit. So. You know, people have needs. Yeah. Well, uh, people see a fish, fish man and think, maybe the ocean is where my heart lives. Remember, you remember, know? remember the movie where she was explaining like how the sex work and she was like... <laughs> Just gesturing, pointing around. That was great. That was, that was, that was the best friend of me. Anyway, um, I was going to say... <laughs> Even when Nicolas Cage is, like, all gross and, like, dying, he's still wearing a very gorgeous suit. Yeah, he he, he dies, well, he gets... In the beginning, I mean. ...burnt um, in a gorgeous suit, and then at the end, he's in the red velvet jacket, mm-hmm. so even when he's, like, his face is all just, like, mm-hmm. bitty and horrible and exploded... Um, I mean, he's hunched over. He's he's at a ninety degree angle. He's basically bent over like the letter S. That's the shape of his spine. He's got that, and I will say that this as well. He's got that 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 blood pack throne kind of thing going on. And like even when in his most evil and his most lowest point, this guy's still kind of hot. You know, what I mean, I'll hot. say it. He was really hot as Dracula. I'm not gonna lie, the teeth like really like suited him. Like I was. I was, I was like, yes. Like, but all, but arguably the hottest person in the movie was somehow Ben Schwartz. <laughs> I, I mean, ben Schwartz with a neck tattoo did did so many things for me. I was so confused. Um, and I also didn't go into the movie thinking we were gonna get a B plot about Ben Schwartz's neck tattoo and also a C plot about like Aquafine. That's another reason why the movie was clearly for me. Okay, I have a sister who is the overachiever, has never done anything wrong in her entire life, and my and our entire <laughs> thing is like our dad and like making our dad proud. So I was just right. like, "This is fucked up. Like, why is <laughs> all of this in this movie?" Um, but I didn't. I didn't. When they advertised the movie, I and then they were and there was PR junkets going around. I was very confused that the only available interviews were Ben Schwartz. I was, I didn't, I figured he wasn't, they didn't advertise him as being like a major player in the film. Uh, But also I didn't get to do any of the PR junkets for whatever reason. So other people I know got to actually interview Nicolas Cage and I didn't. 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset and like smile through tears about that anymore. I already did a week long of crying over that. But um, they really buried <laughs> the lead on him being like the third most important person in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, even on on the rewatch, I, I keep forgetting. I was like, oh yeah, Teddy fucking Lobo. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's quite a big deal in this. Uh, but then I I think I'm not sure if if Ben Schwartz is as big over here as he is in America, um, rightly or wrongly. But um, I always just sort of think like that's Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, he's got like just very distinct voice. It's just a very, it's just a very like nice sort of playful voice. Um, and then he's evil, and I'm like, "You're Sonic. What are you doing?" I didn't, and I, I, I know him like from mostly from Parks and Rec, so I didn't, I didn't think he could play evil. Um, I was confused at how well he was doing. To be, I was like the whole time I was just like, "Do we need to put him in other things?" <laughs> Like, is he also good at being an asshole? Because, like, yeah, okay. Apparently, he's he's John Raphael. He's the guy who just he's like annoying in Parks and Rec. It's like that's like his whole thing. So, so to see him be this like this like gangster, like was like fucking wild. Um, I mean, and then yeah. Aquafina was Aquafina, as you know. Um. <laughs> Aquafina. I mean, I'll say in like Ben Schwartz, like I like Ben Schwartz and I like seeing him in more things. I think he was in London very recently for like an improv show, mm-hmm. um, which sold out. So there are people here who who know him, but I think uh, the world needs more Ben Schwartz. I agree. Is what I'm saying. I, more Ben Schwartz snorting like millipedes off of his finger. I, okay, that was a, so the detail. Some, the detail in this movie. That was the bug ingestion thing was one of the cool, I think they could have gone so like basic and like, like what, I guess like by the book with that, like, but the fact that like they thought of like the absolute grossest ways to like fucking like, like consume a bug as if it is your instant Adderall is <laughs> so cool. Like I want, I hope someone's made a montage already of like every bug ingestion scene from Renfield because I would watch that. <laughs> that is, that's a ten-hour YouTube loop right there. So cool, like that and that, and then the fighting, the the fight choreography, and also the gore was some of the best I have seen in a hot minute. Um. Yeah. Yeah surprisingly intense some of it because i i absolutely didn't expect it to be as like sort of um peter jackson brain dead evil two levels of gore in this um which i think mckay said was kind of a direct influence in the movie which shows obviously the standout one being the um apartment fight sequence i thought that was the best fight scene in the movie i couldn't and in the fact that we and then we had a cool bug bug scene that starts that off with the, with the ant farm thing. Um, I'll never look at an ant farm the same way again because, like, I'm gonna look <laughs> at it and think like, if I put a straw in this ant farm and I put my nose to the straw, what will happen to me? Um, I think you'll have an ant in your nose. Yeah, I don't think I'll become like powerful. I think it'll just like I'll end up on like the six o'clock news, you know. Um, <laughs> but the the 
like the fight choreography was so good and then and then the how bloody and like just like just disgusting and like just like mm-hmm. cool like i was like a kid like like watching it like oh like the whole time <laughs> um I, I feel like every part of the movie is surprising almost um like they really undersold it in the, in the advertising i feel like maybe purposefully yeah yeah obviously they wanted to leave a few things to be desired because you know we all all hate seeing those people going like they showed the whole movie in the dream they they showed they showed 90 seconds at best be quiet be quiet jeff i don't know what, you, what this person's name is i've just invented but the fight scene is like he's he's ripping a person's face mm-hmm. off i suppose for context he says at the start as a familiar he gets um access to these basically superpowers by ingesting insects. Um, he rips a person's face off. He rips arms off and he's just using them like, I don't know, nunchucks, basically. Uh, he's throwing them as spears and going through people. He's jumping off the top railing and splitting a man in half, um, which the only thing I noticed on the second view through is he jumps down, splits that person in half, and he waves Pacofina on the way yeah. down. But then when you look at the pile of bodies, the guy's back in one piece on the top of the pile and I was like, oh no. Oh. Yeah. I, I, watched, I did my second viewing last night. I literally paid $20 to watch it on YouTube. And um, because, I don't know, I was like, sure. I've taken an edible. This seems like the best way to stream it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I just, it, there are other, I mean, there were other things I noticed, but I feel like I needed to do like a third watch through now because like, I feel like there are so many teeny tiny, and then, and then I have people who are like in my life who are from New Orleans who said that that there's actually you need know, to watch it with a New Orleans perspective, like again, because like the movie was and I quote painfully New Orleans, and I was like, what does that mean? I have never been there. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. All I know about my limited knowledge of New Orleans is like Mardi Gras, something about gumbo. And that Cage likes making films there. Well, and then he has like a tomb, or right in a in a cemetery there. He has a pyramid. Yeah. So one of my best friends is like she her profession is she's a witch, like in New Orleans, and and in the way in New York you can go to the bodega, like you can go down the corner and get a sandwich, whatever. In New Orleans you can go to the botanica and you can go get like. Uh, Go get a fucking candle that'll you can burn to like make your finances wow. like blah blah blah. Like you can go you can go get a death candle to like curse your curse your enemy like down the street. So that's New Orleans. Oh, I could curse the neighbor for a laugh just to see. Right, so I need to come to New Orleans just to get a death candle, a finance candle. Mm-hmm. I assume there's a Nick Cage candle. There's a, a, a candle for every occasion, it seems. I'm like the only person who doesn't own the Nick Cage pillow that you that changes when you rub your hand. I have t- I have two of those. No one's ever bought one for me. Um, like I just turned thirty. You'd think that like this was like the first year like no one got me any. <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh, but welcome to the club, right? But then I also don't have a Nick Cage prayer candle. I'm like, you guys, like, like it's real. It's really easy to like make me happy. Literally, type in like Nick Cage novelty bullshit on on 
the internet.com and just (laughs) yeah do you know how much stuff there is on Etsy yes like hello like it's like like I have two like I I got David Bowie's mugshot like framed on one part of my wall and then I got like a like a poster that has a whole like a Ziggy Stardust poster and like those are like the nicest gifts that's like literally someone was like oh my god Lauren would love David Bowie's mugshot yeah like I would Lauren would also love like literally like a pencil that that just says Nicolas Cage on it we're not asking for much it's really easy to make me happy. I mean, it's like Lauren, who's your favorite actor? <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Okay, Google that. What do you have to do? That's it. You have so much access to Nick Cage knickknacks, Nick Cage knacks, um, that it, I feel like you've 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 said to people like, like oh, like, you know, Lauren, tell me something about you, and you've just gone Nicholas Cage, and then they said. Well, fuck that. Uh, here's a gift card for I'm trying to think of Bed Bath and Beyond. That's a story, America. <laughs> Reference nailed it. Um, and I feel that's how it's turned out. And now, because I can I say had I had a Nicolas Cage cut out, um, but my cat systematically, upon further investigation, I found this out at the base of the cutout. There were just lots of little fang marks. From where he'd been systematically taking it down because I was giving it more attention to the cutout than to the cat. So he was possibly justified, but he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he's a cage hater. So to my cat, Kit, if you're listening to this because you've got access to Cat Spotify or something, I know what you did and I forgive you. See? Moving on. Look at. Maybe he thinks I'm I'm like a toxic master or something. I don't know. Maybe because I refer to myself as his master. That's where I'm going Maybe wrong. Maybe you're the narcissist. Maybe I am. Wow. Maybe this is the last episode of the podcast where I just have to leave, go on hiatus for like two years. You're going you're gonna to hang up and you're going to walk into the other room and he's going to be like pushing a book of affirmations towards you like with his little head and he's going to start meowing them at you. <laughs> he's going to say, meow, be better, meow. Um, I was like, did you say be better? And he went, meow. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, so that, this is going to be a heavy, you know, when this call ends, it's going to be a heavy ending for me as I have to <laughs> go back to the real life from realizing that I've been the villain the whole mm-hmm. time for 100 plus episodes of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I've been the I problem. thought you were going to say 100 plus years. I was going to be like, same thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not a professional New Orleans witch, which now I'm fascinated that is a full-time gig. Yeah, she's, she's, she's also like, very like good at what she does i feel like you know and, and i realize mr tangent over mm-hmm. here i need to know, i need to know everything about what your friend does as a witch yeah what what services does a witch uh offer i mean anything from um like so if i talk about the spell work she's done for me i feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna get in trouble so we'll just stick to like the positive stuff um, okay, but like <laughs> the positive stuff, right? That that's that says a lot. But okay, yeah, positive um, stuff. But really, just like so, I mean, because I do sell work for people, but I don't charge because, like, I just kind of like I literally like get a candle and we'll like like 
like write your name in it and like use herbs and mm-hmm. oils and stuff. But I mean, it's just, like anything from like, you know, like say there's like a job that like you really want or like you, you want like, oh, like, so she could do like a road opening spell or like clear a path for like your life and your goals. Um, or like, you know, people want people very popularly want love spells um, or they want um, like a like like a protection spell like uh, or like people think they've been cursed. So they want like curse removal. Um there's like a million things you can do like honestly like and yeah she's awesome so so maybe i need the input of a professional witch to finally get nicholas cage on this podcast honestly i have asked her for similar things (laughs) maybe not (laughs) nicholas cage but we, we we did we did but something similar. So, like, yes, her her app is uh, Celeste Mott M O T T, and you could ask. You could totally be like, "Hey, like, how do I like?" Because it 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 falls under the category of like a courier spell. Um, so a human courier. All right. So just gonna like slip into the DMs like, look, I spoke to Lauren. <laughs> she says you're a person that makes things happen. You don't need to give me the in and out juju of it all. I'll tell you off, like, camera, like, something else that she was on for me that, like, I was like, so, yeah. (laughs) Incredible. An incredible, incredible conversation that I'm so excited to have. (laughs) After we've concluded uh, the business here, sort of back to um, Renfield. No witches in Renfield. Mm -hmm. This isn't isn't the dark universe. Um, but, But now I'm thinking, like, what if... What, what if they reboot reboot the dark universe and like like Tom Cruise, um, Nicolas Cage's Dracula, and I, I don't well, know how I feel about we that. Had, we had two dark universe movies, right? There was another one, and then they were like, nope. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't remember yeah. what the second one was, but I'm pretty sure there were two. But it's the mummy think, bombing that made them cancelled. Yeah, the mummy bombs. I think they're going to do a Wolfman. I think jo- Johnny Depp and Russell Crowe were in the mix somewhere. They not do like the Invisible Man or something, and like, and that's what because there were like two. Um, did I type in re- wow, the internet there was. It was yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. We know the mummy suck internet. Like I know. Um, oh, 2014's Dracula Untold. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, what was I, t- tell me? Tell me like how much money you put into that because I don't even remember. But I think they were they either did the Invisible Man or they were going to next like. There's a whole list of everything they were supposed to do. But when, so when Renfield got announced, the rumor was that this is now the reboot, reboot of the Dark Universe again. Um, and I think we had accidentally like reported that as fact at work um, because a bunch of other places were saying that. And, um, and right. then six months later, they were like, no. And I was like, who started that rumor then? Are you taking credit for bringing down the dark universe? Because that's what I'm hearing right no. now. Should I be thanking you? No, I would love a reboot, reboot where we have a universe 
where it's canon that Nicolas Cage is Dracula. Like that makes me, that would make me so happy. Um, <laughs> and I thought that Nicholas Holt was incredible as Renfield. Like I, I really, I like, there was like, you, you had to bring the right amount of like goofiness and like, but also like heart to that like role. And mm-hmm. like, I could just, I could just cry thinking about him. Like, like, it, like, and how, how like, when when Nicholas Cage like kills all of his friends in group therapy and how he's literally just like on the ground like crying like and then they brought everyone yeah. back in like the coolest bestest way ever and I look everyone was like <laughs> we're gonna be fucked up for the rest of our lives after this but like thank you for bringing us back from the dead question mark <laughs> Yeah, I think you're going to need a support group for the support group after that. I, I'm i trying to th- uh, think of the guy. like The guy who leads the support group mm-hmm. was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Brandon Scott Jones, I think, who's played by, who plays Mark. Um, but he, I remember when I saw this at the cinema, like he got like a lot of like big mm-hmm. laughs. There was something that he said... Um, I feel like Brenfield says, like, um, oh, my boss is, like, uh, uh, Dracula, um, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, um, he's like, oh, you need to start taking the power back from him. Like, your power mm-hmm. is taking power away from him. And then he's like, well, what will happen if you do this? And he's like, he won't grow to full power. He won't grow to full power. It's like, wow, why would you say it like that? <laughs> I thought, when when he died, I was like, Oh, not Mark! Oh no! The, the fact that I the I the fact that they brought everyone back was incredible. But also, oh, you said there were there's no witches in Renfield, but we do have an appearance from Wick and Tumblr. Wick and Tumblr is in there. So, in the universe of Wenfield, Renfield, I've tried to Wick and Renfield. Um, your friend is very much active in the universe of Renfield making protection circles. Um, turns out, you know, they said it before and I'll say it again, cocaine, hell of a drug, works with any spell you like. So that's grand. There is also something, and I had no idea how to put this in my essay or how to put this, like, even, even in a tweet, but there was something so gratifying about, like, killing your abuser. And, like, it's like, sure, he might come back, eventually but like it's gonna take a hot fucking while but the i feel like and i'm not gonna speak for every survivor of abuse but there is like that fun little fantasy of hope my abuser dies and um so to actually see that played out in such a very fun like very like comical way was very cathartic for me um i thought that was such a i thought i'd like at no point in the movie did i know what was coming next so if you had told me like, oh yeah, no, no, they're gonna kill Dracula, they're gonna like do like a spell, and then they're gonna like literally chop him into teeny tiny bits, and they're gonna like there's gonna be a yeah. cute montage song, and they're gonna giggle while doing it, um, I would have been like, what? Um, but it was, <laughs> but it was actually <laughs> like, quite. like oh my god, yes, like and and the fact that they kept it like very light hearted, like even though it was so gory, like it was just it was very weirdly like cathartic. Like I was I feel like that was a very specific like for the people watching who like are like 
emotionally attached to what's going on in this movie. It's like, this is for you. We know you've thought about this. Maybe maybe not throwing the chunks into a sewer grate, but you thought about this. <laughs> um, and um, I thought that was just, like, absolutely, like, incredible. Like, so, like, again, like, every little, every little detail. I feel like sometimes in movies, things are, you can, you can tell they were thrown in at the last minute. And fans will try to argue that they're purposeful. Pretty, that's pretty much every discourse with every Marvel or DC movie. Like, oh, that throwaway thing that they totally thought of at the last minute. No, 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 actually. Actually, we can explain it away this way, blah, blah, blah. Like, or like the bad CGI is how the Flash sees the world. Okay, well, the Flash needs therapy, I guess. Um, because <laughs> what the fuck? Um, whereas in Red No one's fast enough like, to run from their problems, Flash. Yeah. Whereas, like, in Renfield, I feel like everything was so purposefully, carefully done. Like, right, right down to um, the mom, the crime boss mom lady, like, and I, Teddy Lobo's mommy issues kind of mirrored um, Aquafina's, like, I hate the term daddy issues, but we're going to just say, quote, unquote, daddy issues. Um, and how they were both fighting for what they thought was right, just in completely different, like, completely parallel ways. And how, like, at, and then, so, and then how at the end, at, or, like, the overarching, like, thing, like, of, like, everyone's, like, personal problem and everything they're working towards and blah, blah, blah is fucking Nick Cage's Dracula. Like, <laughs> at the, at the, like, the overarching, like, thing, like, it, it's so weird. Like, it's it, it you because you could have that movie without Nicolas Cage's Dracula like you could you could totally make like a pair like a like a cop like is trying to like save her city and then you have like like she's fighting against this like douchebag like crime lord who thinks he's doing the right thing because blah blah, blah. and but then adding Nick Cage's Dracula like into it and making that like the thing that's kind of ruining everybody's life is like it's beautiful you can tell the audience I just did a, I just did a chef's kiss. Um. <laughs> <laughs> chef kiss, chef kiss is all around. Yeah. It, I, I suppose it's coming to the realization that when you think about it, isn't Dracula the reason for all our problems? Yeah. On, on some basis, and if I had the option of a cocaine protection circle, and then his last words would be, um, "I'm going to hell where all the amusing people are." Hell, Satan, <laughs> and then just getting smacked around. But obviously it leaves the door open for Dracula to return and, um, you know, fingers crossed in that dark universe. Yes. Um, More Dracula, more Renfields. Well, I also really like that, like, while, like, Renfield and, like, Teddy Lobo are, like, 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 fight, having that, like, that, like, final fight, that, like, Renfield's trying to, like, appeal to him emotionally. And he's he's, yeah. he's like he's like you're he forgot he exactly what he says he's like he's like, you know like he drains you like it's not worth it like blah 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 and I'm sitting here like okay yeah 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 no 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 this is this is good do that you like the, yes this was this is this is not realistic in any other set this would not like I just I just love that at every at every at every instance like Runfield is just like let me appeal to the heart of this terrible person and see if it works and it doesn't work for the first like eight times and then finally on the ninth time it, it works they pause for a second and they're like and <laughs> <laughs> he's like that's that bit of teddy lobo says he's like i guess i'm the yin to your yang and he's like 
we've met twice. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why this is happening. But like, I think going back to like the, the gore element of it, of it as well, one of the bits that I thought was just great, um, where he he just mortal combat fatality kicks him, yeah, and he just explodes with blood out the ass. <laughs> it just farts blood, and I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Like like the first time and the second time, I was like, I forgot how visceral this was. That you've just at both ends, you've just internally exploded. So you know that is one way to kill a man to make him shit blood. I mean, um, hell yeah. Duh. It's my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> if that happened to me, I'd be like, well, life's life's over. I will I will um, say I feel like we have to address the fact that because this is a Nicolas Cage podcast, um, it was he in the movie for what, fifteen minutes? Like Yeah, he's it's now I'm just crying again. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I'm just I'm just throwing up right now, just crying, throwing up. He's not in this movie a lot. He's very much a supporting player yeah. in Renfield. Um I think I remember when some of like the like audience test screening word came out, the the biggest review seemed to be We Want More Cage, which has been my critique of every film of his I've mm. ever covered. Um and it will continue to be the same until one of us dies, and it won't be him. Um, because he is forever. But like Every time he's on screen, and you know, it, it, if if anyone's listened for the past hundred episodes, I've been banging this drum for for years now. But every time he's on screen, it's like it's electric, it's captivating, and like I know some. Pe- I know you mentioned the teeth earlier. Some people criticize like the little sort of sharp, like little shark teeth. I loved it. It was like I thought it was pretty like realistic teeth. because like they they were not trying to like make him like you know how like vampires are like you're just like this. They were mm. they were like no 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 he he's like he thinks he's sexy we're we're this is a man who thinks he's sexy and I was like yes that is thank you yeah <laughs> I think vampires have been sexy for too long if anything I agree especially the new interview with the vampire show like oh my god like that is like that is show that show is Tumblr come to life. <laughs> every fan fiction anyone has ever written ever is that is that show and i'm not complaining but i watch it and i'm like this is real i'm allowed to watch this are we sure like who made this this is great but who made this and what year is it and and why are you reading my like my my fan fiction that i wrote in 2006 like i'm scared um so i i feel like narcissists a lot of the time, like, so narcissists kind of have this charm and this allure, and they very much think that they are, like, the sexiest, most powerful, most charming person in the room when often they are not. And so I feel like we got to see, like, like like he is grimy, and his, his gums are nasty, and his little baby teeth are nasty, but he thinks that he is, like, mm-hmm. do you know who I am? And like that is that is literally how that's how narcissists are. Um, so I thought that was a nice a nice touch. I think with him being the narcissist, and I sort of point that I think for a lot of people, one of the, the the outstanding scenes in this is the scene with him confronting Renfield in the studio mm-hmm. apartment, because that's like 
when they're on screen together, and I think if there's any critique of this, there's not enough of their interactions, I don't think. I agree. Um, but when he's like confronting him and I know it's like when when he first comes in, like I liked it, it's like he got in because there's a welcome mat. And he's like, oh, and another incredible fucking detail to the point where the whole audience, there was a full audience, went, went, oh, like everyone caught. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, that was that was like such a, a great little detail, mm-hmm. and then he was drinking this little. I, I assume it's a blood cocktail. They're just like four eyeballs, just like garnish mm-hmm. in there, and it's like you ghoul, mm-hmm. you delightful ghoul, you. Uh, then he's just like confronting him when he's like blaming him basically for everything that's happening is about to happen, and he's like, "I gave you the power." Mm-hmm. It's like you took the power from me, um, and that sort of. There's a lot of cage inflections where he's like, let me tell you something. Okay. Um, and then another one where he's like, I'm the victim. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I know it's like he's flicking through that like book of like how to deal or confront your narcissist mm-hmm. or something like that, holding it up like it's a cross. Mm-hmm. That book of affirmations, mm-hmm. and like he's cowering and slinking down in the corner. Um, but then like Cage is just still approaching him. I'm just like, God, I know this is like a powerful scene. But I was like, this is too good. Like we said it before, like your drips on point. Like you're being too sexual. You're too sexy as a vampire. And I'm, I'm, you know, I watched True Blood when it came out way back when, and like, and I say this as a straight man. I was like, was it, was it Stephen Stephen Moyer? Was he the lead? He was like Bill or something. Oh, he was always going like suck it. Oh God, I honestly hated True Blood so. I cannot. Also, Vampire Diaries is True Blood, just in high school. It's still, it's still two hot guys fighting over a mid woman who does nothing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Ian Summerholder's going to Ian Summerholder. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, if nothing else, finally a realistic portrayal that vampires aren't all as sexy as they're cracked up to be. Well, to go back to like the seriousness of that scene. I and I didn't really realize it until my second watch, and I'm mad because I could have put this man. Maybe I'll go covertly edit my essay and like update it, and just they'll see it in the CMS that has been recently updated, and they'll be like, "Why?" And I'll be like, "No, no reason. I just I had a typo." Um, but re- <laughs> the juxtaposition of in vampire movies, especially like the campier ones of like like the older ones, um, where you've got like this person versus the vampire and they are cowering in the corner with the cross or the garlic and they're like you know like trying the fact that instead of the cross or the garlic it's the book of affirmations and it and he's he's like you know literally trying to tell his abuser that his abuser has no power over him and he's he's so like very cleverly like powerful um I didn't realize like the, the the juxtaposition like of that and like that's what mm-hmm. that was um, until I like last night basically, and um, and I feel like and then so I guess like maybe the people on first who uh, upon first watch just took just were like wow it was fun and goofy I feel like you need a second watch I guess to be like oh my god this is actually like incredibly weirdly powerful and very emotional and sad almost um 
because like I know I like and not to like sound like super like cheesy but like standing up to your abuser is very much cowering in the corner with the crucifix like yeah. you know like I think I've I think I've actually likened it to like I like the I reference the exorcist all the time because of course like you have to like how else do you, do you live if you're not if you're not like referencing that movie um but i'm like oh yeah like you're you're you know shouting the power of christ compels you at this fucking terrible person and they're just like they're just like giggling while like puking up like green shit at you because they don't give a fuck um that is basically what like confronting like an like an abuser is um and so to see it kind of put that way in like a supernatural sense and a horror sense in the sense of like Dracula versus like his familiar it was so like I like I just hope that like it affected like other people like the way it affected me like I like it's really hard to put like something that serious like in a movie and make people pay attention to it and listen to it so the fact that it was the overarching theme of a comedy I feel like it was a really clever way to present it and so then you can go home and you have a bunch of things to think about, like Nicolas Cage's weird shark teeth, but also like, wow, like maybe, maybe I, I don't deserve to be treated like shit. So you mm. get, you kind of get both, but we get the gift of, of Nicolas Cage being the most ridiculous, over the top, like swagged out Dracula. And then we also get, oh my God, wow, maybe I do have self-worth. Maybe I am worthy of love and good things. Um, maybe I should also go out and buy a red velvet smoking jacket. <laughs> I, I I think I love to come out of a film and think I love Nicolas Cage and I love myself. Yeah, that's is, is that not the most powerful? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes for self affirmations. Isn't that the most powerful thing yeah. that, that we can have? Nicolas Cage giving us the gift of self love. I mean. In the guise of a tiny toothed Dracula, his oh, his gums were so fucking nasty. Like I feel like when I think about the movie, <laughs> my brain immediately like like closes in on that. And I'm like, thank you. We should we we should yeah. stop having vampires with perfect teeth. They're not going to the dentist. So what the fuck is that? Yeah, like again, like people complained about the teeth, and I was like, this is a fictional monster. <laughs> How do you want his teeth to look? Did you want him to have like these like? Pearly White. I don't think there's a dark universe dentist. That wasn't in the slate of films that I saw. Every universal classic monster has bad teeth. Okay, the Phantom, the original Phantom, terrible, horrible. When she, when Christine rips his little mask off in black and white, like you know, and we see his gross face, and we see his little weird little. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they all. There is no dark universe dentist. Okay, okay, purists. All right, like. <laughs> Sick of it. Like cat. Um, I mean, now, now I'm just like, now I'm just like, well, invisible man doesn't count because I don't think we ever see his teeth because he's mostly invisible in the whole fucking movie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you going to like any Universal, like movie theater, and just at the back going, "Show us your teeth. <laughs> what do your teeth look like?" Well, well, Beetlejuice is an unofficial Universal classic monster. Do you know this? I didn't, but I do now. So, Universal Studios for so long, and I will miss it forever. Uh, Now, I'm hoping that with the new Beetlejuice movie, they will bring the show back. But they had Beetlejuice's Rockin' Graveyard Review, which is him 
And then Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, Dracula, The Wolfman, the original in the 90s when the, when the show came out had The Phantom, had The Invisible Man, and also had Lydia. Um, but basically it's him, all the universal monsters, and it's a jukebox musical, and it's fucking awesome. Like Frankenstein t- sings Dancing in the Dark to the bride, and um, uh, Dracula sings Jesse's Girl, but it's Frankie's Girl, and he tries to like like hypnotize like the bride with his powers to... <laughs> so basically that kind of put into like the lore that like he's an unofficial like universal monster as well um and Sounds- and he has terrible teeth that was what i was getting <laughs> <laughs> so the worse the teeth the more likely you are to be a universal monster yes yeah, so i could probably even though i have uh terrible gums i still don't think i qualify I mean, we're speaking about terrible teeth, and it's very easy for me to make a British joke about teeth here. Um, but I'm going to have some sense of pride and say not all British people. Um, no, no, actually, I retract that. Most British people are universal monsters. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, I've lived it. I've seen it. I've staked them myself. Um, but but, but sort of, all teeth jokes aside... Um, yeah, you know, it's. I think what you said on the second viewing, especially, I definitely, um, I think, got more of the Renfield perspective on the second mm-hmm. viewing. You know, the first time it's very much the novelty of Cage's Dracula there and taking in like all the 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 splattery, gory moments. But especially with that scene in the apartment, um, and I, I think I would go as far to say I probably took Nicholas Holt's performance a little for granted the first mm-hmm. time around. I think, but on the second time around, I'm like. Like it was a lot more touching because now I'm like okay I know where sort of the um, the beats are coming up and stuff like that but you know when he he flashes those the, the sad little pale blue eyes you're just like Nick no it's gonna get better in like ninety minutes you're gonna be all right also um, also love the old timey use of chloroform like what when the what in the eighteen hundreds was that. Like they, he just like every every scene where he's about to go do something for Dracula, he just immediately just like whips out the chloroform, and I was just like, they can't give this man anything else. It's what's supposed to be. This must be twenty twenty three. Like, like this poor guy. This poor guy's life is so hard. Dressed like shit, has to go reluctantly murder people, but he tries to do the good thing by murdering bad people, which is great. It's very Dexter of you, honey. But like, yeah. he's doing it with chloroform. Give this man a gun for fuck's sake. Holy <laughs> fuck. Like I was You've like both live through wars. I was like like I understand like that the like that he's never like the joke is that like he's still all old timey and he's never like updated whatever the fuck. But I was just like on second viewing, I was like, oh my god, like this even if he didn't have some like change of heart in this movie which is about him doing bad stuff, like he he sucks at doing bad stuff because he's still doing bad stuff like it's the 1800s. Yeah. It's like, I sort of noticed the chloroform and I was like, how traditional of you to go and, to go and steal these, you know, these, these, you know, these drug dealers and 
stuff. Where are you um, getting chloroform, he... sir? Like you, like you can, <laughs> you can make that. Like, like, but like, or you can also use. Bra- I watch too much true crime. You can also use brake fluid. Brake works the same way. Please, no one repeat that and do that and cite this podcast. I'm, I'm just now starting a new <laughs> chapter of my life. I don't need to go on trial for this. But like. <laughs> I'll be the one who gets arrested. Okay, great. Okay, good. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, you, you, you give all the trade secrets. It's fine. Yeah. Send all inquiries to uh, Daryl. Um, but um, like I was just like, oh my god, like this is just like a constant, this is, like there, the constant struggle bus of like, there was no way for him to even like keep doing like his work for Dracula in like a like a it's funny to say realistic it's not realistic about it but like like there was nothing conducive like I was just like this man is just struggling like how many more years did he think he was gonna do this given his like current methods that he's using like <laughs> what like what like like okay so I feel like there's a lot of Renfield adventures in like the interim 90 hundred years. And at some point I feel like Renfield has hijacked many a horse drawn carriage on many a dark lit path. And he has a stockpile of chloroform that, you know, as he says that he has to, there's that same cycle they go through, like oh, Dracula gets encountered by the church. We beat the church. We have to move. So he's you holding Dracula and I'm going to assume crates, old-timey crates of chloroform from town to town, country to country. But, like, does it expire after all, or does it get more potent as the years go by? Now I feel like I have to Google this. Not Not chlorophyll does chloroform it this is the part where the fbi searches my history like nicholas cage costumes and chloroform are the last things i searched for so halloween's about to get uh wild does it expire uh stabilize with uh ameline ameline has a shelf life of about 12 months um evidence that ethanol is a better stabilizer Typically five years, so he's got to get his ethanol as well. This man, this man is a Walter White. He's a real chemist of a man. I I also want to, I just want to take a moment also to say so our our boy Mitch, our our narcissist in the beginning, who who thankfully gets like schmurdered, and then we and we get to see how happy these women are after their narcissists are murdered. They they are living yeah. life. They are free. Like. They don't give a fuck. I'm like, and that is that is how it feels, and that's how it should be. The guy who plays Mitch, Dave Davis, uh, is in a movie in 2013 called Ghost Shark. Now, Ghost Shark might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I still rated it higher than Bo is Afraid. Um, so <laughs> keep that one in mind. But I watched nice. Ghost Shark, and then like looked at his IMDb and was like that's Mitch from the beginning of fucking Renfield that like <laughs> fucking what so I just want to say like beautiful performance by Dave David he has been in he was also in a, in a movie called Ozark Sharks 
um, which is like ghost sharks, but these sharks are from the Ozarks. This guy loves sharks. So, <laughs> you give this guy a shark script, and he will take it. So I just, I just was like, what was the casting process for this? Like, we got the girl from Terrifier as Carol, like very chill and cool the girl from the first Terrifier movie with the long black. She's like the long black hair, and she's the one that like in that that scene that everyone shares from Terrifier where it's the girl with the black hair is staring like at at Art the Clown while he's like smiling at her like creepy like and then oh, so like, like dinosaur. and then yes and then her blonde yeah. friend goes over and like takes the selfies with him or whatever and then she gets like bisected at some point yeah so I was like so we got we got ghost shark man we got we got terrifier girl and then we got Aquafina somehow um which like I you know like she's funny she's comedic I will say like her being the love interest did take and like just did take me out of the film a little bit um because she's so very like brazen in her like delivery of things like she's because Aquafina is very specific you know um I can't imagine who else like I would have wanted in her place but and then we had like uh and then we had Ben Schwartz we had John Ralphio as as the the gangster guy so I was just very like what was the process for for this what 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 the casting like like the the excel spreadsheet look like for this it was a real rogues gallery and I noted as well there was the um lawyer or something who gets Lobo out at the start uh Caroline Williams who was um from Texas Chainsaw 2 as well. Really? See, now I'm going to bring this shit up. Okay. Yes, indeed. Like, it's just very, like... <laughs> I like how one of, the, one of the credits is Drunk Parent. I'll be that in a few years. Thank, thank you. Drunk Parent. Love that for everybody. Um, but, um... Aim big. Aim big. Like, it was just a very, else. like... Very... Str- like... I don't want to say strange, but like kind of like just I just want to know like what was the audition process like? What it what did what did they ask you during that? Like, no. I would I would have auditioned just to be like I will be murdered over there. I'll just be like in the background, just like just I'll just lay there dead, yeah. no big deal. Like. Yeah, I'd I'd be like a one of the the twelve step um, people in the background getting thrown into the ceiling. I can do that. I can get thrown into a table that's in my wheelhouse to fall over. I think I'm capable of of doing that. I think but... you have to be a stunt person to actually. I'm learning. You have because like you have to. So I I was gonna say I think you have to be a stunt person to get thrown into a table because and I think you should leave the in in the coffin flop bit. If you are familiar with this, those are... I'm so familiar with coffin flops. Those are stunt people that break out of the fucking coffins. Oh, God, there must have been so many stunt people. There were so many bodies just... So many little grey bodies just flopping on floors and concrete. And I was just like, you have to be a stunt person in order to, like, burst naked from (laughs) from a coffin. (laughs) Like, oh, wow, fuck, okay. So, stunt people do a lot more than we think. There's a whole new world of appreciation for the world of stunts. But on, on the same sort of line of thought, in the same breath, should I be, you know, be given like a burial service and not a cremation, 
I want the my coffin to be held over the six in, the six inches, the six feet of hole, and coffin flopped into the hole. So that's how I want to go. Well, out. they could either that or a catapult. They, I just want to be catapulted somewhere. They would. They could do that, but it would have to be like in a not like public. Like like you have to have like a very like illegal funeral for that to happen. Oh, it'd have to be ticketed. It'd have to be a very private situation. Yeah, because they it turns out they can't just put like a body into a hole like that. I did some googling. Uh, <laughs> I feel I feel you've do you've googled some macabre things in your time. I, yeah, I just just I'm just my mind, you know, <laughs> just like so I'm just so crazy. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh oh, we got a we got a wild one. So I was looking at the logistics of because like you watch coffin flop and you're like, what are the logistics mm. of a coffin flop? Let's 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 Google this and then then the internet's like uh, illegal and you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> how how I mean, how weak does like the the base like the bottom wood of the coffin when the body's resting on? That's you, you've got to trick the coffin out. Well, there are, so, and the only reason I know this is because there was a YouTube channel called Unis Honest, and it was Markiplier and Ethan Nestor, and they did, like, uh, the whole thing was, like, we're going to do every bucket list thing we could possibly do, and then the channel's going to get deleted after a year. And it was really awesome, um, especially awesome because it was during the pandemic, so we're watching these, like, two rich people do stuff while we're, like, in our fucking apartments rotting. Um, but they went to a funeral home <laughs> and they were going like through like the prices of the coffins. And I'm like, oh my God, like the extremely fucking like cheap ones really are like shit wood. Like that, that with too much pressure could absolutely, you could absolutely break fucking through. Like, let's say like the person, like it's like a bigger person or it's a regular person mm. and you're like burying them with like stuff like with like items that are special to them and stuff too much weight can actually crack like the bottom because that's like how shitty the fucking wood is like in some cases oh that's the one i want and that's but you'd have to go to like a really also like a really shit shit place for that as well um because most places try to sell like at least at a standard but the cloth and flop is not entirely out of the realm of possibility you would just have to really not care about your love or you can't afford it um but i feel like if you can't afford to get your loved one an actual like coffin that's sturdy i feel like you probably can't afford a funeral either so fair fair i think i'd have to put it in in the last will and testament uh just in capital like like lined at the bottom of the will coffin flop like this is in the world, you have to do it. I don't want industry standard. I don't want base level. We're going back to the rating system of being a magician. I want either you getting me a five star or a one star. And no, no, hear me now, as you as you read this will in my voice. I want one star wood. I want. Okay, I want the possibility of, of me flopping. I want my ashes shot out of a glitter cannon. That's pretty bougie. I think it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I want to do New Year's pretty cool. <laughs> It's like there'll be a select few people. Would would there be people at the New Year's Eve event that know that your ashes are about to arrive, or is it just strangers? Any oh, old that's event. That's a great. You know what? In hindsight, I guess not everyone wants to be pelted with my ashes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the internet. People will pay high prices for strange things. So I think you could curate some people, and then that money's passed on to 
loved ones or whatever, but maybe funeral fees. There's a service in the picture. UK that will press your ashes into a vinyl. And then for like your service, like they have like a listening party. Oh, this is this is how stupid my my silly brain is. I immediately know what the vinyl would be for me. And it would be because I found this on Spotify once. Don't ask why. It's because I'm very, very ill. But there is a two-hour, air quotes, album of fart noises. I'm going to get pressed into that. And then everyone has to sit for two hours and listen to fart noises. Just knowing that I'm in the afterlife, just crying with laughter, holding my sides. Coughing, flop, and fart noises. This is how this millennial wants to be buried. People who find farts funny are um, in their own tier away from me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm over here, and I'll I'll take that. (laughs) That's fine. I I know where my Venn diagram of interests is, and it's not aligned with the general populace, and that's fine. Is there a single fart joke, and I think you should leave. Exactly. So. <laughs> what does that tell you? If Tim Robinson doesn't find that funny, what the fuck does that tell you? I'm wrong and you're right. I'm s- sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone. All right, I'll stick. I'll stick to being a one-star magician. I didn't know, I didn't know the British were allowed to find parts funny. I thought that was like out of you guys's, like, you know. We're out there. Okay. We're out there. We're not a proud people, but we're out there. Interesting. I was like, I was like, okay, so we got Paddington. We got like really bland food. Um, no offense, but um, I was in London for three days, and I was like, this is food, I guess. Um, and <laughs> what do you think so many people are sad? I, pa- Paris had some of the greatest food I've probably ever eaten in my entire fucking life, and then I get to London, and I'm like. Should I be bringing up like salt in my purse? Like, do we think salt is spicy here? Listen, we're we're used to a certain way of living. Do you guys, do you um, guys think ketchup is spicy? I don't know who told you that, Lauren, but you know too much, <laughs> and they're watching. All right, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, water spicy for some people over here. Um. I'm in, directly indicating myself. If I ever went on hot ones, I know we've gone on like a massive tangent here. If I ever went on hot ones, I know they, they always do like Sriracha first. Mm-hmm. You would see a man's soul leave his body at at stage one Sriracha. I'm impressed. That's my, that's my level of heat tolerance. The, it's weird because like, I don't know anything about people from New Zealand, but Lord, like, Lord was completely unfazed by every single wing. I was so confused. Crazy. I think the Ricky Gervais episode, he's one of the few people who I think has tapped out, like him and Flavor Flav. Um, really, that's that's kind of the British palette right there. Tapping out, not trying different things. You know. Freaking Millie Bobby Brown was like, how could you do this to me? I'm only little. <laughs> it, it it harkens me back to that classic pre, probably pre-vine youtube clip 
clip of that British guy getting punched in the face, going like, "I can't believe you've done this." Fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's any time it's something slightly different on the menu. Restaurant under new management. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Oh, t- try having a stroke and having a slew of people tell you, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that." You're sorry. What do you mean you're sorry to hear? You're sorry. To, it's not even I'm sorry. Just sorry to hear about that. Period. Everyone in the U.S. is like, "Oh my God, are you okay? Are you half dead? Is your mouth fucked up permanently? Are you like, what can I do for you?" Every every British person I know. Sorry to hear about that. I'm sorry that you're telling me about your experience. I can't believe you've done yeah, this. Yeah, I was just like, and my one of my friends yeah. was like, no, 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 this is just how we we mean it wholeheartedly. It's just how we. I'm just like, I understand that, but it comes across as like, oh, you almost died. Well, like, try being British. Like our literally, like our whole existence is just like almost dying. So like. You know, I don't. I don't want to compare like apples to oranges, but you know, yeah, I, since you bring it up, have you been British? Before? I mean, there's no air conditioning, there's no ice in the water, and Threads. Yeah, I don't need it. Threads is a movie. But I watched for <laughs> fun one night. Why the fuck did I do that? Uh, you know, we can't understand why anything happens. I can't understand why things happen. You know, what we can say is that Renfield <laughs> has touched us in different ways, <laughs> very different parts of the spectrum. Fucking episode ever. This is up there with the most unhinged episodes, and I'm all here for it. It's all going in. It's all making the cut. Um, but you know, obviously, you say you've had you know a very personal experience with it. It's made me think about that. I want fart vinyls for my funeral. So we're taking two very different things about away from this. And if you come away and think, you know what, I don't want to be a guest for a third time in this podcast, absolutely fair. Um, but I suppose draw, drawing to a sort of close on Renfield, um, I think the other the other main thing, like I was, it was quite disappointing that this that Renfield didn't gather an audience, um, which I think was a really a shame. It was coming at the same time as uh, things like Dungeons and Dragons and. John Wick 4 and the Super Mario Brothers movie, which, like, who would have thought Chris Pratt's Mario went on to become a Titan this year? Um, so it, it deserved better. Like, I'm happy that I think people are finding it slowly but gradually as time goes by. Um, and I think, I think this is one that people are going to come and revisit a little while from now. I hope what so. I think is going to happen, and this is like an awesome thing that happens on TikTok every now and then, is that someone will upload a very like specific scene from a movie and it'll go weirdly very viral and then everyone finds it like like Shorzy which is the Letterkenny spinoff like I had never had any interest in watching Letterkenny wouldn't be able to fucking tell you what Shorzy is someone uploaded a scene of them laughing at like just like a very or upload yeah just like a very ridiculous like scene and it has like 10 million fucking views on tiktok and now the now now the the show i think like got greenlit for a second season because of that because it suddenly found like a whole audience so i'm i'm wondering if someone will upload like the like the emotional like narcissist type scenes from renfield to tiktok and then that'll like blow up i feel like that's probably what's gonna happen 
Hopefully. I remember I put onto my podcast page, TikTok, the, the scene where Cage introduces himself at the support group as Dracula. Prince of Alasia. And that got like nearly, that clip I put up there got nearly 4 million views. And I was like, TikTok is silly. This is so easy. Uh, unfortunately, he got taken down. Thanks, the suits. Um, but I'm I'm just going to stand here and say, I did so much promo for that film. And where's my swag bag, people? Still not here. Yeah, like but, I, yeah. I don't. I was supposed to do the interview for the UK, but then they wouldn't. But then they wouldn't let us do. I was like a whole thing. They're like, oh, there's no screeners for the US. Uh, yes, there is because you guys literally flew journalists to the premiere to interview Nicolas Cage, and Lauren gets nothing. We're out here. I'm looking. You know, I realize this is an audio medium, but imagine this listener. I'm looking at my hands. They're empty. There's nothing in them. Um, I, th- I had a chance to go to, it's not the premiere, it's like a multimedia advanced screening, but I found out like three days in advance that I had like a place and like, I have to travel to London, that's expensive, train prices keep going up, and now my belly hurts, I can't go, so sorry in the cinema like everyone else, wait for the Blu-ray, but you know, this is what happens, this is independent podcasting for you, we out here, there's always, we try. There's always a strike or whatever. A train strike. There's always a train strike. A strike. Like, like, damn, pay people for, for fuck's sake. Like, why is there always a strike? Because paying people and operating a fair society is not what we're interested in. Um, you know, Nicolas Cage is not a fair boss in this. The government's not fair to us. In some ways, in different aspects of our lives, we're all a Renfield. Yeah, we're... We, you know, we're trying to do the best and take back the power for ourselves. And as you said, I think that's I think that's the, the hearkening message of this. At, at what I really love about the movie is like, I mean, you can take away that like it's funny or silly or that like fucking Ben Schwartz is actually a great villain and that they should like totally. With the what's really really funny, and I have not asked Chris McKay about this, but I kind of want to um he's like he's also like one of the coolest people ever but like there is a musician who was like like virally globally exposed for being like a cult leader narcissist in like 2018 and teddy logo is dressed almost exactly like him right down to the neck tattoos and the slick back hair so i just wanted i want i gotta i was wondering if that was a uh if that was there was some inspiration there because I was sitting there like oh this 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 he looks like a mm, huh okay um but uh whatever your takeaway for the movie is I feel like the true uh, like overarching theme is that like I don't, like I don't want to say like the message is like just narcissistic abuse, but it's just that like we're all like so fucking worthy. Like you look at Aquafina and and like her trying to prove herself and like kind of like you know make her father like proud even after he's passed. Like the whole message is like we are worthy and we don't have to fucking live our lives for other people. And I feel like that was such a surprising and also, like, really, like, just, like, beautiful fucking message for a movie that literally is Nicholas fucking Cage is fucking Dracula. See, you look past the shark teeth and you'll find an even sharper message oh my God. in this movie. 
like whilst whilst Lauren is cringing at my sign off here, and that's absolutely valid to do so. Um, I, I do think it's time to sort of wrap things up here on Renfield, and I'll say I thought it was I thought it was great as far as twenty twenty three is concerned. K just had the old way, which is a decent cowboy flick. Renfield, sympathy for the devil has just come out as well, and if you're also looking for. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. You know, we'll, 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 maybe we'll chat about that pawn another time. Um, but very quotable Cage performance in that as well. So Mr. Cage is having a banger in 2023. And I'll be here for each and every goddamn step of the way. And also, release Butcher's Crossing. It's been nearly a year. Jesus oh Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's It's disappeared. It's in the ether. So, you know, we're still out here hoping and praying. That's what I need to speak to your witch friend about. I need Butcher's Crossing to be released. Right, yeah, right. Okay, we're, we're going to talk about your witch friend in just a moment. But we'll sign off from here, so it's left for me to say, uh, once again, uh, thank you for returning to the halls of Cage Rage and Nicholas Cage podcast. Laura Malisi, uh, always a pleasure, never a chore. Uh, and I know you said earlier that uh, some socials have been deactivated. Well, by uh, the time this comes out, they'll be reactivated. They'll be reactivated. There we go. Um, and for when they are reactivated. I am Motel Siren on everything. Right? Yeah, everything. Every damn thing. All links in the description down below. But we will sign off now. We will see you again in the next one. But until then, and as always, keep on, keep on caging. That's all you have to do. Thank you. Take care and goodbye. Hey, Nicholas Cage.